Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. He is a former Major League Baseball infielder. He's an analyst for the MLB Network. And damn, now these days he's an author too. His new book, State of Play, is hitting better bookstores everywhere, coinciding with the opening of the 2020 season. Bill Ripken joins us here on CBS Sports Radio. How you been, Billy? I'm doing well, Johnny Mac. How are you? Good. My pleasure. Thanks for coming on. Uh, I think we need to get this out of the way first. Uh, in any of the demos you've done during this offseason, get ready for the season, you haven't gotten hit in the bean again, have you? I have not got hit in the bean again. I've actually used the L screen. I'm doing some soft draw drills right now. I put too much trust and faith in some of our talent, and Sean Casey hit me dead in the lip one time, and we had to go into a different direction. Understood. Uh, I appreciate what you guys do at your demos. It's it's good stuff. It's uh, educational stuff, and every once in a while it's funny as hell stuff, uh, especially when you get it in the bean. Uh, but uh, is that what drove you to become an author? When did you decide it was time for you to write a book? Well, I think the easy thing was a couple years back, and more than a couple, me and my brother both partnered on books uh, playing baseball the Ripken way, so it was geared towards more youth baseball players. And then we did another book called Coaching Baseball the Ripken Way, geared, geared towards the youth coaches. But this book is my first project that I'm so lamente on. And the idea behind it is I just got this feeling over the last couple of years that all this conversation that swirled around the new school, new school this, new school that, there was this implication going on, at least the way I felt, that people thought old school guys just threw bats and balls out on the field and said, go get them. And that's not the case. We've always used numbers. We've always used information to better ourselves. Um, so I just thought that I would, wanted to make that point first and foremost. And some of the noise going around, in my opinion, noise, of some of the new thought processes of this number means that and this number measures that kind of confused the baseball fan. So I wanted to simplify things a little bit. And the fact that I wrote two other books with my brother didn't really help me in the process of this hunt and peck mission that I went on with my iPad to get this book done. Now, before we get into uh, all the intricacies that you just hinted at there, uh, general overall question. Uh, and I've been in uh, the newsroom when you and Brian Kenny have got into, let's say, spirited conversations about analytics as compared to the ability to judge with your eyes. Uh, and it, it does. You guys are, are great. And I'm glad you stated it the way you did, because I think you've got the grasp on it. It's always been and should have always been and should always be a combination. But the old school, new school, analytic, non-analytic debate rises to a level of passion that you just don't see. That people feel the need to get to the diametrically opposite ends. Either every answer is there in the numbers if you know how to interpret it and find it. And or screw your numbers. I know what I know. You don't have to teach me. I understand again. I can see it with my own. Why do people get so 
defensive of their position on whether it is all about the numbers or not all about the numbers? Well, I I believe what you described is how I'm going to drop a little bit of um, comparison on something. So let's say there's this old-school tree. And on this old-school tree, there are a couple branches, just a couple, that are borderline bullies. Now the new-school trees come in. And there's a couple branches, just a couple, that are smug and arrogant. I believe that's the combination that we're dealing with right here where everybody goes to, to extremes. What I would like to see, and there should be, a combination of a couple things, but I'd also like to point out this. The old saying, you can't teach a dog, an old dog new tricks, I don't believe in. If you incentivize the old dog, the old dog will learn new tricks. Now, the difference between the old dog and this new dog, the new puppy, the energetic, excited puppy, is the energetic, excited puppy cannot know what the old dog already does. So if you want to bring me as an old school guy, and let's say I had the fortune of managing a team and I'm of the old school nature, my inside the box thinking is going to be one way. But if you give me the outside of the box thinking that can actually help me and I can play that into a baseball world, the inside of my box is going to get bigger. So there does need to be two sides of the street But don't be those two branches on either one of those trees I talked about because those branches will never get along together. Yeah, and they just seem to be two loud branches on those uh, opposite ends of those two trees. Uh, Billy Ripken, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, Here's the way I would uh, proposition it, Um, and I'll get a judgment on you with the answer to this question. Who do you think is the best manager in baseball today? Well, I think there's quite a few good ones. Understood, but you got to put one on top. If you want to name four or five guys, that's fine. But eventually, you got to tell me who sits atop the uh, pile. You know what? I think that's a little bit, um, and I'm not coming after you. I think that's a little bit unfair to try to do. I think you could have probably gotten an answer out of me a little bit more effectively a few years ago. I do like some different ways to approach it. And since I'm not in the mix, on a lot of these individual camps and individual things on what goes on. Um, I certainly, I, I don't feel that I'm necessarily qualified to throw that stuff out there. I will say this about managers though, and this probably can dovetail into some of your other conversation you want to get to me on. I've answered as many questions about what do you think about Dusty Baker, an old school guy coming into an analytical organization, the Houston Astros. And my comment on that is, Dusty Baker's analytical. Um, he might not be analytical to the way of some of the, shall we say, analytical front office operating what they work on, but Dusty Baker is the type of guy, if you want to talk baseball with him, he will talk baseball with you. If you want to break down a problem that happens on a baseball field and try to problem solve, Dusty Baker's all on board to do it. So Dusty Baker, by mere definition, is actually an analytical baseball guy. So if I'm looking at managers in today's game, I'm looking for managers that still go by the eyeball test. I'm still going with a manager that's been there, done it. Um, and, and the interesting thing is there is I'm not grouping Snicker and a guy who's not been there and done it because this dude paid all kinds of dues, yep. all kinds of uh, you know blood, sweat, and tears through minor league systems. The fact that he never played in the professional game doesn't bother me because he put years and years of experience in professional baseball in 
before he got an opportunity. So I think everybody's a little bit different. And right now I've been so like removed from maybe any individual thing, more covering things on a national side that I really can't go. Who's my favorite? Who's my best guy? I'll tell you who I think the best manager is, uh, and uh, all apologies to the other 29, but I believe this for the last several years. I think Joe Madden's the best manager in baseball. Just because I know him, I like him, I watch him, I listen to him, I talk to players who play for him and the like. There's a lot that goes into it, but one of the reasons is absolutely the fact that he messes old school with new school better than anybody else. He just gets it. He knows when he's got to rely on something that he learned in his 20 years in the minor leagues and working as a coach for the Angels and something that is new school and formulas that are being used and theories that are being used and when to use it and when to draw back from both. That's why I think uh, there are many more reasons, but that's one of the reasons why I think Madden is the best. Something that I it sounds to me like you're trying to do, find that balance between analytics and old school thought. Yeah, and I'm not mad at you for naming that call, and that's a, that's a good call because he's done it in a couple different situations. One with Tampa that was uh, – a different type market club he went to a World Series with. And he was the manager um, of the Chicago Cubs when they broke the curse of the goat. So I'm not mad at you for naming that. I would always lean towards somebody that's got a little bit of a mix, and I'm always going to learn somebody that's probably got a little bit of mix more towards the old school thing because this game that we've been playing for a long, long time has had its share of introductions and reintroductions over the course of time. Things work, things don't work. And just because we can measure or just because we can quantify something, there are so many things that can't be quantified in this game that we still have to respect. So there does need to be a blend. But if I'm going to blend anything, I need to have a little bit of a guy that's going to be a little bit on my side of the fence, which is on the old school side. Billy Ripken here with us on CBS Sports Radio. One of the things that you and I can agree on, and again, you and I are uh, simpatico in that we're trying to find a blend between new school and old school. You and I are both big fans of OPS, which I think is, like Joe Madden, that combo stat. It's not old school. It's not home runs, RBI, batting average. Those are your standard old school numbers. And then you have some of these newfangled analytics, which I they're just letters on a page to me. I've been told what they are. I've been told what they're supposed to depict. I'm supposed to what you're going to take out. And I still don't understand them. OPS is that nice blend. It's a little old school, but it's also new school, and I think it gives you an outstanding directive as to what a player is delivering and producing on a day-in, day-out basis. What is it about OPS that you like so much? Well, I like OPS because it's a real thing. Um, I state in my book, I, I don't use anything that's weighted, created, or adjusted, because by mere definition, that means not real. And OPS, on base and slugging, certainly makes some sense to me. Now, I will say, because you threw out those numbers, you know, 330 homers and 100 RBIs, look, it's fair, it's fair to say that if somebody hits 300 and hits 30 home runs and drives in 100, he had a pretty good year. Um, I ain't mad at him. But OPS, if we want to talk about that, these are real things, and I certainly guarantee that somebody who has a higher slugging percentage than somebody else might do better for the team. Now, that's not to discount the single. It's really not. And there's something to be said for somebody who can just flat out get knocks 
Ichiro comes to mind. I use Ichiro in a, in a, in a chapter in my book on, on OPS, um, but I, I would take an, an Ichiro on my team any day of the week. Um, there's no question about that. But the thing that I'm making my point of, if it's real, I can discuss it. But if we wait it and we create it and we adjust it, I'm not on board. His uh, new book, State of Play, on Better Book Stands Now, Billy Ripken's attempt to mesh old school with new school analytics with ability to judge things with your eyes. Uh, it's a must for any baseball fan before the season gets underway. I, I, I would not be doing my job if I didn't ask you about the overall arcing story that is uh, kind of taking Major League Baseball by storm here, and that's the White Sox and their cheating scandal. Uh, I think we can all agree that uh, it has grabbed everybody's attention, and it's not great for baseball right now because uh, it just doesn't look good. It it smells bad, and that uh, the fact that the commissioner is going to come out later today and say that he is going to tell all his teams and all his umpires that uh, taking justice into your own hand isn't going to work for them. How can Major League Baseball, starting now, today, tomorrow, the day after, push forward with moving on? And it's never going away. They're not getting over it. It's not going to be forgotten, but you need to start fresh. What's the first thing Major League Baseball, the Astros, or anyone in power can do to start the process of getting past this? Well, first and foremost, I thought the commissioner's office did a good job with the investigation and then handing down the penalties they did. So moving forward, they're trying to make sure that no other team. You talk about spring training for everybody starting soon, if not today. I can imagine every young manager and young general manager, if that's the case, going into their clubhouse and saying, look, guys, you guys are going to get paid. That's the way the game is. You guys are going to make your money. But I ain't letting you do this to me. I ain't getting fired you know, for you guys doing something. So I thought that moving forward, that is a good sign. Now, I'm not so sure of how they thought everything else was going to go after that penalty was handed down. I'm not condoning the thought process of a pitcher going out there and, shall we say, taking things into their own hands. But I can also understand if pitcher plays the memory game back in their mind and say, you know what, I had so-and-so, one-two, I threw him my best slider, that usually 90% of the guys swing and miss at, he spit on it, got another pitch, and hit a three-run homer on the next pitch. So I can certainly understand where a player at the highest level that we compete, we have a little bit of an ego, we have a competitive drive, and if you think you were wronged in a way that's uh, outside the norm or a little bit more extreme, I can understand how somebody might think if they're a pitcher, well, Somebody might wear one, at least one, in the backside on my behalf. Yeah, that doesn't work for me. You got to. I know it doesn't. We're not going to agree on a hundred percent. Yeah, stuff, no, they, they. I get. I understand the emotion, but I can't condone the action, and I'm not going to condone the action. I think Manfred is actually. There's another thing that you and I can agree on. He's doing well, uh, and Dusty Baker came out and stated it. Shoot, I've been stated on the air for four days now. You know, there's going to be an attempted retaliation by some. Uh, they got to cut it off at the pass. It doesn't serve anybody because it's just going to remind everybody of what's going on. No, but let me ask you this question: well, I'm not condoning it either, but you could actually somewhat understand if somebody 
thought they were wrong. Oh, I can understand no? the thought process, but it, it, right. then you get to the cutting edge. Either you do it or you don't. And I come down on don't. You can't do it. You may want to do it. You may think about it. But then you can't do it. You can't try and hit, it, hurt somebody. It's like everything else in this world we live in. There's a fine line. Yes, and where sir. that fine line is, it, it's always going to be judged a little bit differently by different individuals. All right, last thing. Uh, the Astros are going to deal with it. It's going to take twists. It's going to take turns. But then eventually we're going to get to the end of September. Uh, are they still a 95-win team? They won 107 last year. We expect them to come back to the pack because they don't have Garrett Cole, and this is going to be a distraction, and teams are going to get pumped up to play him. So I don't think that you can write him in for 107 again. If they do, I guarantee you Dusty Baker's manager of the year. Uh, but how far back to the pack do they come? Are they still a lock playoff team in your eyes? I'm going 100% lock, and I still have them in the top three with no particular order, but the Yankees and the Dodgers and the Astros, in my mind, are still there. And, yes, we're always going to question some of the results that the individual players have, but, yes, we're also going to look at that squad and go, man, are they good. Think about Dusty Baker's interview. He could have probably written down seven names that were going to hit in the top seven spots of that lineup, handed to uh, Jim Crane during the interview process, and say, you want me as the manager? This is what I'm going to do 150 times a year. <laughs> and when you look at those top seven guys that you could write down for the Houston Astros, you guarantee, in my opinion, AL West champs again, and they're going to battle with the New York Yankees to represent the American League in the World Series. And it'll be a real good playoff series. A lot of attention, I can guarantee you that. You think? Uh, yeah, just a little bit. His book is Stay to Play, the old school guide to new school baseball. Uh, get it for your old man. Father's Day will be again before Father's Day. Get it for opening day, as a matter of fact. Billy, good stuff. I hope to see you up at the network. Uh, my daughter sends her regards. She'll make fun of you this week at some point. Um, thanks for hopping on board with us tonight. You've done real good with your girl, Jody Mack. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.